Hello and welcome to the Permanent Good Podcast, a podcast that's part movie club, part improv comedy. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. So, okay, uh, Alex and I are recording this together in person. It's the one of two times a year where we get to see each other. And obviously we had to carve 90 minutes out for us to do our stupid little show. Um, we are currently recording just in a big old open space, just real bad auditorily speaking. I just wanted to prepare you for that. We know. Um, so if you hear me echo a thousand times, it's just the room. Right. That's just how it is. And there's probably better places to record in the house, but we just didn't feel like it. And I'm comfortable right now, guys. Alex has a drink in his hand and another one in the fridge prepared for when this one is done. Both legs up on the couch, arm over the armrest. He is the picture of luxury right now. Right. So if the audio sucks, and I don't think it'll be that bad. I think we have enough furniture in here that it'll, it'll capture some of the sounds. We could have recorded in this closet together, but shared not, one microphone, done it, less editing. It would have been more less work for Craig, and I'm not about that. <laughs> so yes, that's been uh, a good time, good time all around. Um, this is also going to be a very unstructured episode. We're still going to do our movie conversation, and then after that, we're just going to you know shoot the breeze, kind of like our Texas Chainsaw Massacre episode, if you remember that one. Um, but this time, we're doing it intentionally. Um, <laughs> But I did want, we talked about this a little bit and I wanted to double back on it because I cannot let this idea go. And it's the fact that Mountain Dew has on their website official Mountain Dew recipes. And for it's like, it's a decked out website. You can choose which recipes you want based on flavor of Mountain Dew, what meal type and the recipe format, as well as do you want this food to be made with Mountain Dew or do you just want it to pair well with Mountain Dew? So obviously I clicked made with Mountain Dew because I want to see the most grotesque things that they can make. A lot of this stuff has to do with Mountain Dew Livewire, which is probably like... When was the last time you had a Mountain Dew live wire? I've never had one, actually. And the annoying thing about Mountain Dew is the fact that it has a website. There's some of these things that, like, of course they do. Because what you don't want is, like, someone else to buy your website and then post, you know, like, running for president stuff. Yeah. But the fact that they have a website and you hit menu and there's more than 10 things in the drop down <laughs> yeah. blows my mind. I'm going to go to the Dew store and see if there's, like, merch. While you do that, let me read some of these recipes real quick. First of all, Mountain Dew wing sauce. Ex- what? No, thank okay. you. Mountain Dew pancakes. Mountain Dew fruit cake. Uh, Mountain Dew live wire muffins. And the one that really got my... Uh, I don't like looking at it is the Mountain Dew grilled cheese sandwich. Because what it looks like is it looks like two slices of bread with the green eggs from Green Eggs and Ham in the middle. And I just look at that and I want to know what department got paid for this. Because like this, this is like a whole company endeavor. Right. Like we got to get the marketing team, we got to get R and D, we got to get product development. Like it's we got to get everybody in on this, so we could post a lot. Let's be clear, more than a few recipes to make with Mountain Dew. And bro, so I'm just got done looking at their merch. Yeah, it's dope. 
do they still have that shirt that says, what is it, make or sell Baja Blast in stores year-round or something like that? No, but they make camping chairs. They make key change. They make um, coolers, obviously. Um, They also make pajamas, backpacks, and duffels. Okay, are the... And a body pillow. Are, that's awesome. Are the pajamas just like the lounging pants with the Mountain Dew logo They're on it? They're full-fledged green pajamas. That, they also have a picnic blanket. Oh, I'm looking at them. Oh, guys, it it's... Ooh, oh, you missed the bow tie, the necktie, <laughs> yeah. the scarf, the bomber jacket. The jacket the looks candle. sick. To be honest, my favorite thing I've seen so far is they have a, a Dew Day Pack. What does that mean? It's a backpack. Oh, okay, okay. It looks cool yeah uh, like as far as mountain dew merchandise goes like you can do worse okay actually the backpack looks very bad <laughs> oh dude i think the, i think the backpack looks sweet it looks like uh like a call of duty modern warfare 3 promotional backpack but the fact that you can't tell it's a it's mountain dew is a good sign okay i know that's not a good sign for merch when you can't <laughs> tell it's yours yeah but the, they're also, their controller skin, sold out right now. Uh, they used to have a shirt, and they still have a uh, an image of the phone case, but they used to have a shirt that says, Make Mountain Dew Baja Blast available in stores all the time, which is super fun, because, like, you get to decide that. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's your choice. If you, are you behind any products that you would want to buy merch for? Like, just brands that you like that aren't clothing brands. Yeah, because that's the weird thing is, like, there are brands that I get behind because they make the brands. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, hey, reel into, like, New Balance shoes because they're the ones that make the shoes. Right. I'm trying to think if there's anything, like, that's not I mean, like, I get, like, video game clothes. Like, I'll get, like, a graphic tee or like a like a snapback or something like that. But in terms of like, I'm not like, oh yes, I love Chevy cars so much. Let me get a Chevy scarf. Right. There's got to be something I like that much. <laughs> I wonder because here's the problem is there's things I like, but I'm not I'm not brand loyal. Like popcorn. Yeah. I'm gonna get a Redenbacher's Orville <laughs> Redenbacher's merch. <laughs> Like I'm not loyal to the brand. That's that's an issue. Okay, but hold on real quick. You got a popcorn maker for Christmas, and I think that would be a very fun new thing for you to add. Own on top of that would be a T-shirt that says "I own my own popcorn maker." <laughs> I think that would be very dumb, and you know that would be very dumb. It'd be so dumb, and it would it would paint the biggest target on your back. But it, I think it, it's just that perfect level of self awareness. It'd be like one of those things. Would be like. I should just get a shirt that says, like, I often have bananas. Yeah. <laughs> and they'd be like, I mean, I bet he has bananas. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of things that belong as bumper stickers yeah. and people wearing them. Because mm-hmm. the crazy thing is, is there's a Venn diagram of things that are bumper stickers and what think people get as tattoos. That, yes. Uh huh. That is a blurred line. Except what you should wear is not in that Venn diagram. Yeah. So like the coexist bumper sticker, someone could get that tattooed. Wearing it on a shirt would be weird. Yeah. Or like the, uh, I don't know, uh, those stickers that say like baby in this vehicle. (laughs) Cool tattoo, cool bumper sticker, weird shirt. Weird shirt. And you know what? I'm going to say it. 
weird tattoo. Weird tattoo. But people are known for weird <laughs> tattoos, which is why there's an overlap in the first place. Yeah, and like weird clothes is like a sparkly vest, not a tagline. Right. <laughs> I'm just not a huge fan of joke shirts because at the end of the day, you're still wearing the shirt. Yeah. I, I would be okay because like there's a – do you know anyone for like Halloween that went as like Clark Kent? Yeah. And then they just wore, like, they yeah. wore like a Superman t-shirt underneath mm-hmm. and that was the extent of their con- – they wore regular – like a suit and then yeah. wore a Superman shirt underneath. And that's cool because at the end of the day, you're wearing a suit and then you happen to be in a costume. And it's also like for a up. gimmick. Right. But if you wore a shirt that was like, I'm with stupid. that This dives into an even deeper mindset of like how important it is to pick your your clothes for school because you're committed to that. All day. All day, dude. And sometimes I would wear clothes as a joke or as a bit. And then at at a certain point, you're just in third hour English. Yeah. <laughs> at some point, it's not part of the bit. You're just in it right yeah. now. Yeah. Which the- is why I thought Halloween at school was always funny. Because like, oh, there goes Mrs. Smith blowing up at Tim again. Except this time, he he's wearing a Hunter x Hunter costume. Yeah, dude. I think that's the. There's a lot of people that in life commit to bits like that. They shave, should not be committing just to. like shaving their head or getting a crazy tattoo. And I'm like, you know, there's gonna be a joke, and everyone's gonna laugh. And then when that joke is over, you still have the tattoo. Yeah. So it's not a joke anymore. Should we talk about the movie before we just talk <laughs> even more about life? <laughs> yeah, let's talk about the movie. Uh, wrapping up my favorite movies, we are talking about Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I think that this movie isn't spoiler-centric, so I'm cool with just doing all spoilers. Sure. Um, so if you just want to hear us get back into the conversation, uh, you can skip to this time code right here. Time code, 33 minutes, 43 seconds. Alex, I think this might be my favorite movie ever. <laughs> So this is the number one yeah. of number ones. This is not a good representation of you. This is the, I enjoy this movie more than anything else. Correct. Yeah, this movie kicks. It's so good. It is very good. I remember seeing it. I've, I heard the soundtrack before I watched the movie. And I'm like, well, this slaps. The only other movie, there's two other movies I did that for. Rio. Rio. <laughs> and where I listened to the soundtrack before the movie. And then Black Panther. Wait, was were you serious with Rio? Yes. Oh my god. <laughs> Cuz sometimes like I think I heard one song that had like Will I Am and Jamie Foxx on it. I'm like, "Well, I'm listening to the album now." <laughs> and then uh Black Panther was co-produced Kendrick. with Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Um Jay-Z's done a couple albums that were good um but usually I watched it after the movie like um I think him and Beyonce worked on The Great Gatsby together. Sure. And that was good. But I watched the movie. I'm like, oh, the music's dope. Let me look at mm-hmm. the soundtrack. But this one, I'm like, the yeah. music is sick. Post Malone the- headlines this this soundtrack. And it's fire, dude. Yeah. Um, the, the Post Malone single that came out of it, was it called Sunflower or something yeah. like that? Not my favorite song on the soundtrack, but still very good. Dude, it's... Man, we could talk about the music. And I think the music got utilized very well in certain parts. Yeah. And then in others, it was just... It was just part of... It was just the soundtrack. Yeah. It was just part of the soundtrack 
not really the score got used comedically. Um, yeah, because there's a lot specifically Sunflower gets used a lot in terms of the plot, but or in terms of characterization, I right. would say. Um, but then there are some other songs that just get they're used as set dressing more than anything else. Right. Um, they don't do a bad job of it. But yeah, they're less centric. It's just like, all right, here's a vibe. Now we're gonna send you into the scene. Right, for sure. And I don't I usually don't have an issue with that. So um this one I think artistically it's freaking gorgeous. It I, is oh it is the most beautiful movie I've ever seen. It's very cool. However, I will say it has the advantage of being able to none of it has to be practical. Yeah. So it can do things that a real live action movie can't do. Yes. And um, I think that that is a strength of animation is right. like this movie is like, yeah, we're an animated movie and we can do things that live action movies can. And we're going to double down on that and multiply it by 10. Right. The whole because, comic book theme mm-hmm. really adds to it. The colors are comic book esque, very vivid and it's, it's incredible. And uh, so this movie features, you know, six different versions of Spider-Man across six different dimensions, and each of them has their own subtle, or not subtle, but distinct difference from all the other Spider-Men. And, and that goes not just, like, with the color palette that's used, but, like, straight-up animation style. Like, some of these characters feel like they are plucked out of a different movie and right. put into this one. And it's done, like, seamlessly. Like, that's the point of it. <laughs> and, like, just, like, seeing uh, Spider-Man Noir next to Penny Parker is, like, these are two characters that should not be interacting at all. Yet, here they are, uh, blending perfectly. I'm a huge fan of the casting that was done in this movie. This cast is almost perfect. It's nuts how the, who they got to be in this thing and how um, perfectly they lined up with the characters they're portraying. Like, first of all, as a main character, Shamik Moore does an amazing Miles Morales. Absolutely. I think I saw him first in the getup on Netflix. Um, Jake Johnson plays Peter B. Parker. Sweat uh, sweatpants, Spider-Man. Yeah, it, amazing. Haley Steinfeld plays Gwen Stacy, kills it. Mahershala Ali plays Uncle Aaron. Super double fantastic kills it. Dude, Chef's kiss. It's This guy is incredible. He does not miss. Just straight up does not miss. Um, John Mulaney playing Spider-Ham, kills it. Kimiko Glenn as Penny Parker, kills it. And Nicolas Cage as Spider-Man Noir, kills it. Also... Wilson uh, Fisk is played by Leif Schreiber. Who is uh, Ray Donovan. Yeah. Also, you might know him from his stint in the X-Men. Yeah. As Sabretooth. And they got Chris Pine as the original Peter Parker. This is nuts. Also, Oscar Isaac is in this movie. Yeah. Uh, Oscar Isaac is uh, Spider-Man 2099. He's in the post credit scene. Got you. It's um, just... And so stupid who they got I just want to say while we're on it, this is probably my favorite post credit scene ever of all time. Just uh, it is the perfect blend of teasing a new movie while also ending on a big dumb joke on a meme. Yeah, on a meme because it's Oscar Isaac and just being like, okay, so we as Spider-Man 2099, like, all right, multiverse is not destroyed. We're good. Now I'm going to try to like 
jump uh, universes without having to break it. And the first place he goes to is 1967 in the Amazing Spider-Man cartoon and does the the pointing meme. Right. Uh, it's just so fantastic. Um, yeah, I think that there's, this movie makes me cry literally every time I watch it, and mm-hmm. this viewing was no exception. Um, you and Macy didn't notice because you were dealing with a poopy butt daughter. Um, yeah, it's the magic of having children. What parts? Or so, is it just one? Um the the two parts that are most consistent are the part um when peter parker dies and the city is mourning him and like the newscaster and mj being like he made us all feel ext- like he made us all feel powerful right uh very impactful speech loved it very much and then there's the bit where he's getting the spider-man costume from stan lee and stan lee has that line that's like uh, the mask always fits eventually right. kills me every time. And then the conversation that Miles's dad has, has with door. him through the door, like those three scenes that ba- like, ah, uh, uh. that doesn't, the first two don't hit me at all. Like the Stanley really couldn't care less. Sure. Um, and the first one, we barely knew that Spider-Man. Yeah. I just have, what what I've learned in the last, I would say, two or three years is I emotionally relate to Spider-Man a lot more than I thought I did. Mm-hmm. There's something very... He, he's just like the quintessential, like, sacrifice everything to help one person. And, like, I think that Spider-Man is written to be kind of like um, a perfect soul in an imperfect situation. Right. Where and and the scene that makes me think about that is when uh their their Peter Parker is in the collider fighting Kingpin or uh Green Goblin rather. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he realizes that Miles is also in there, his attention um, his priorities immediately change. It is no longer about catching the bad guy. It's I need to save this one person. And I I don't know, there's something like there's a lot of words that I could throw like noble and stuff like that. But like, it's just uh, there's something that it's the heart of it all. I think that Spider-Man is one of the most heartfelt superheroes. And when I am watching a Spider-Man movie, that is what I am expecting. And that is what I get. So when I am delivered a scene like Peter's death or the or his dad or the dad through the door conversation like i'm just like this is the heart that i was expecting and i am eating it all up yeah i think it takes me the the last one the the dad through the door i didn't feel it because it's very hard for me to feel something after i've seen it before sure because then i'm anticipating it yeah um but i also i need to connect with people before i can empathize but like i can't it's not strong enough. Can I be, spoiler alert, because um, there's no spoiler section. The original Spider-Man, played by Chris Pine, um, dies like 15 minutes in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have time to connect with them. So when he died, I'm like, well, obviously, we already have another Spider-Man. Yeah. I, I kind of look at it through a lens of like, it's not about the 15 minutes that we saw him. It's the 20 years that he has been Spider-Man before this. See, Craig, I can't. I can't do that because they told us the 20 years, but we didn't see it. 
Yeah. I and, didn't feel it. I can't just take somebody's word for it and be like, this guy was a good guy. And I'm like, okay. Well, and then I cry. I don't picture it as, oh, Chris Pine's Spider-Man died. I picture it as Spider-Man died. And I've watched enough Spider-Man movies and I've read enough Spider-Man comics to know, you know, the street level impact that Spider-Man has on New York City. Right. So that's kind of that's so that's kind of like the the view that I was looking at it is is like I wasn't mourning the 15 minutes. I was mourning everything that I know from being invested in Spider-Man that being taken away from this city. Yeah, see, I just didn't buy into this movie. It takes me a long time to buy into a movie unless there's like a couple check boxes that we'll get to when we go through my month. Where if you hit like 10 or like five to 10 check boxes, then I will buy into a movie in the first five minutes. But this didn't have it. So sure. for me, I'm like, all right, we're going to have to earn it. I'm going to have to fall in love with the characters. We're going to have to see the relationships evolve and devolve and evolve again. And then we're going to need to see some sacrifices. Like, I need to ride the waves of the story. Before I get invested in characters. Yeah. Um, so like at the end, I'm invested in his relationship with Gwen because I've seen them now. Mm-hmm. Um, and although I've seen Gwen in The Amazing Spider-Man with Garfield, I'm like, we're going to need to start over. Yeah. Because you're a new girl. Yeah. They treat. This is a very different Gwen Stacy. Right. Um, but yeah, dude, this movie's freaking dope. Um, I love the uncle. Yeah. He's got that mm-hmm. freaking gangster swag. The yeah. like I'm 40 years old and still unmarried and have a bachelor pad in New York City. Yeah, because when you are 40 and you are a bachelor, you either wear it very well or very poorly. And Uncle Aaron wears it very well. He's like, we're going to have thousands and thousands of dollars of speakers. We're going to have a, a boxing bag, punching bag in my apartment. Or you're going to have a sick kitchen. We're going to have, you know, club lighting in my apartment. It's going to be freaking dope, dude. And then, I mean, and then there's obviously other shows and movies where you're like, oh, there's a mattress on the floor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And this guy was not that. And he's like giving Miles like girl advice. And I'm like, dude, this guy is smooth. Man. Yeah. And this movie lets you respect Uncle Aaron as a father figure but not his dad like this is the guy that miles goes to for like the the relatable problems like the youth problems the stuff you don't tell your dad right because he's not making the rules he doesn't have to give you hard truths yeah um and his dad is is a cop Mm -hmm. who is you know constantly falls back on rules and here's how things are supposed to be and you're gonna if you're gonna live under my house you're gonna follow these rules yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's tricky and it's very easy to relate with Miles. Yeah. He's, he gives big teenager energy so hard. Yeah, dude. And yeah, and I didn't have an issue with that. Some teenagers are annoying and he was annoying in a very typical way. So he wasn't input. He wasn't pre- um, extraordinarily ex- extraordinary. He wasn't worse than other teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> So I felt it was very believable, very normal. He acted weird around girls he liked. Yeah, he was annoying in an awkward, I'm still learning things kind of way. Right. Not in an, I'm choosing not to learn new things kind of way. Right, and I can I get that. Dude, the movie's freaking dope. Yeah, the, 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 the final collider scene mm-hmm. is just gorgeous. There's so much good going on in that final collider scene. Um, I loved watching all the fight, all the Spider-Men fight in tandem. 
Um, there's just something very satisfying about watching them use each other's momentum to fight a bad guy. And like, Mm -hmm. they'll toss someone back and forth, then rope around each other, then hit the bad guy again, then slingshot each other to a new bad guy. And like all of them working together was just like the synergy was perfect. And the color palette was perfect. And the, it, it controlled its own chaos very well. Yeah. So there's annoying things about this movie for me. Yes. So in that final scene, we're supposed to believe that Miles, in the course of hours, is a master of, of swinging, of and, swinging fighting. and fighting and everything Spider-Man. Which, <laughs> while it was happening, I'm like, there ain't no way this guy got good in less than, you know, a day. Yeah. And, and the movie kind of like gives itself like a quote unquote lazy out in the sense of there's this theme of like you need to stop trying to be Spider-Man and just let it happen. And so this scene is like trying to let us to believe that this is Miles just being Spider-Man. He's not trying hard. He's just, he's performing that leap of faith and letting the Spider-Man stuff happen around him. Yeah, which is annoying because every other movie will give us a training montage and this guy just got good. Yeah. and He jumped off a building and then he was good. Yeah. He figured it out on the way down. And you could you could be the kind of person to make arguments of like, well, that wasn't really his first fight. Like he probably like picked up a few things from Peter B. Parker, like fending off Doc Ock and the Prowler and Scorpion and all those other fights. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah, he might have like picked up a few pointers, but he's not like he's Beating. swinging with the best of them now. Yeah. Um. Another annoying thing is. I don't know who half these villains are like Scorpion, the Frankenstein looking dude. It's like they explain Doc Ock because everyone knows who Doc Ock is. Yes. And we all know who Green Goblin is. Yes. And more than a few of us know who Kingpin is. I know him from Daredevil. Yeah. And he's in New York City. So it makes sense. He's in this. Everyone else. I'm like, man, we're really stretching my Spider-Man knowledge. (laughs) So it'd be nice if we had a little bit of an explanation. Yeah, like, could we have swapped out Scorpion for, like, Electro or, or the Rhino? Rhino or something like that. <laughs> I know we got to get some new guys, but I also didn't know who his uncle was. Like, I didn't know who that character was. I sure. didn't know if it was new. I didn't know any of that stuff. Yeah. Um. So I'm like, I, it was a new story, but for adding extra, there was a lot of villains in this, and I just didn't know who some of them were. Yeah, that's, and I think this, I think they're designed in a way that's like you know all you need to know about them by looking at them. Right. Like Scorpion, very clearly a henchman in this situation. Right. He has, you know, he speaks a foreign language and he has a scorpion tail and he's tough. You're good. Go. Right. And I think the thing is, is they let you know that he's got a henchman power level by the fact that he is a henchman. Yes. They're like, this guy, don't worry about this guy too much. Like one of you can fight him. You don't all need to team up against him. You'll beat him. Like don't worry about it. Yeah, this movie also does a very good job of having a lengthy cast of characters, introducing them incredibly fast, but still making me care about them mm-hmm. enough. Like the right. fact that they have Peter B. Parker, Gwen Stacy, Spider Man Noir, uh Spider Ham, Spider Ham, and Penny Parker. Like, 
And they're just like, all right, here's the story. 45 seconds. Let's go. And we're like, all right, I'm good. I got it. Right. Um, the only time that that kind of bit them in the butt is when Penny's robot got destroyed. And there was like, she spent some time with the robot, like mourning the robot mm-hmm. and collecting the spider out of the robot. And I'm like, I'm glad that this character is having an emotional moment. However, I am not connected to this character enough to like, we could have cut these. We could have cut this. Well, the thing is, is like, why are we mourning the robot? Are we? Because we care about the spider. We care about the spider. Yeah. So I'm like, it's just, we'll get another robot, won't we? <laughs> yeah. Um. I, uh, yeah, there, I'm sure there's some explanation about like her dad or whatever, which mm. is all lost because you know she's a supporting character, right? <laughs> who needed to be introduced in 90 Another seconds. Another s- supporting character, Miles's mom. Yeah, she's barely in this, and boy, oh boy, would I have wished she was in more. Yeah, her her character is um, bring the dad in when he's being too harsh. And also show us that he also has a Latin background. And that's it. Because they do a little bit of Spanish. And it's, yeah. I'm like, I wish she was in it more. But I realized this movie would have been so long. And I bet you the animation was so Yo, you want to talk about a movie that I would have been okay with being three hours long? This one. (laughs) I can't deal with long animated movies. Because then I start getting distracted. Then I start looking at the background. Being like, all right, where did the animators get lazy? Let's see what's going on in the background. Did we get involved in brands? Now, obviously, this movie did a very good job staying authentic to brands. Yeah. Like, the apparel, the billboards in New York City, the buses, the cars that were around. It's all very impressive. Uh, Something that it threw me off. It was like, it's one of those like alternate dimension type things that are that's supposed to throw you off. Is... The fact that they call their police department the PDNY and not the NYPD, it's like just enough of a mind frick to be like, to make me think like, okay, I got it. Okay, now now continue. Carry on. Um. So what did we think? Was this movie funny? It and wasn't it wa- a comedy, but there were funny parts. I think Spider-Ham was funny. Yes. But he's also played by comedians. So that's expected. Spider-Man Noir is funny. Yes. Dude, I feel like the main char- it's hard for main characters to be funny. Yeah, um a lot of main characters will have charisma but not necessarily humor. So like the relationship that Gwen and Miles have, it's not haha comedy funny. It's just kind of like whimsical almost. Right. And I didn't think Jake Johnson's like whole bagel sequence was yeah. particularly funny. Um and, and but like there are some funny lines in it. Like like Peter's dedication for the bagel, not funny. When Miles takes a bagel and walks out with it and one of the bad guys being like, "He's taking the bagel." That that's funny. Yeah, and then he throws the bagel at them and then the action uh animated just says bagel instead yeah. of power bang, it's just bagel. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, this movie I think uses every single one of its elements to its maximum potential. There are a few, there are a few writing cliches. There are a few dips in the story, but like, I'm just the kind of person where I'm going to notice that with literally every movie. So like, I just need to learn to stop faulting movies for that. Yeah. Um, I didn't expect this movie to be perfect. The music gives it so many bonus points for me. 
Yeah. Because it sounds freaking dope, dude. It's so good. It sounds cool. Miles is a relatively cool... He's as cool as he can be as a teenager. Yeah. Um, His family is relatable. You can get... There isn't a whole lot of, like, this is where I'm coming from. Like, in the original Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire, we see him in high school a lot. Yeah. And this movie doesn't do that very much. We know that he doesn't like going to school. He's, but, we see him... In school enough to understand his relationship with school. But, like, there's two school scenes. Yeah. So, like, you don't see very much. So, I wish I would have seen him more as a normal kid. But, I also know this movie would have been long. So, I think they did the best they could with what they had. And it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, do you want to give it your rating? I'm giving it a solid eight. Yeah. Um. Like I said, this is my... I think this is my new... This is... After watching all of my favorite movies... This is my favorite movie, so there's no way I'm going to let my favorite movie escape with anything less than a 10. I have to give, if I have to give one movie on this podcast a 10, it is, it is Into the Spider-Verse. This is my tenant. Yeah, and it's, it's good. Um, when I originally watched it, I gave it a high 7. Now, because the music is so good, and the story holds up. Yeah. Um, and it's very digestible. It's very family friendly. I would have no problem sharing this with like my nieces and nephews. I yeah, I think it's an eight flat eight for me. Definitely, um, but it earned it. Yeah, it's, it's really good. All right, uh, what were you talking about before we interrupted ourselves? Um, tattoos. And okay. I'm gonna go get my second drink. Okay. Um, I am not a tattoo person. I just like I am too afraid to permanently commit to my body like that. And so the fact that there are people who not only don't have that regard, but don't have that regard so far as to the point where they'll get tattoos as a joke. I'm like, that is, I cannot imagine how more different we could possibly be. Um, I'm just going to let you, I tried to vamp, but you came in at the end of my vamp. (laughs) He is, oh my, he is, he just gave the most, like, the most extravagant, re-comfortable myself motion on the planet. He is so cozy. This might be one of my favorite podcasts we've ever recorded. (laughs) I have a friend in the military who went to a tattoo shop after we got back from Afghanistan. And in that tattoo shop, you go to a gumball machine, put in a quarter, and it spits out a design. And then you can get that design for half off. Whoa. So he went in, spun the gumball machine. It was like a monkey with a bazooka. He goes, all right, I'll take this. Paid a hundred bucks. Got it that day. That's wild. It is freaking nuts. Because there are like most people I know are like, you know, for my first for my first tattoo or whatever, I want to sit with it for like six months to make sure that I like it. Right. Not this guy, apparently. He's like, dude, I'll freaking send it. I Well, because like even Bug, who is a very tattooed person, will still like when we talk about that, they're still like, yeah, I like to I like to sit with a piece for like six months before I get it tattooed. And I'm like, you know, even on your 12th, 13th tattoo, they still have that mindset. And I'm like, that is that is the kind of mindset I don't think I would ever like. Um, stray away from is like I would need right. to sit with something for a while. I cannot wait to get tatted up, bro. Yeah, yes. I bet you from my personality on the podcast, the audience is like, this guy already has tattoos, and I bet there's zero taste to any of them. <laughs> and you're right, the ones I've dude, 
my GTA character has the tattoos I want, and like five of them are random women. And just to make things clear, there are no tasteful tattoos in GTA. Right, right. And uh, and I love it that way. So, Craig. Yeah. If you had to get a tattoo, and it had to Dude. be a matching tattoo with your mom, what would you want to get? I, I don't know. My mom and I do not share very many common interests. Right. Let alone... She's not. She doesn't have any tattoos. Nor does she like tattoos. Yeah. So I feel like it would be like, just like, hey, just like touch the needle on the skin and then pull gonna, it away. We're gonna and add a couple freckles. Yeah. We're just gonna we're gonna get some freckle tattoos and that's it. Oh man, if I get a, had to get a tattoo with my mom, I think my mom would be down for a lot, bro. I think my mom would get. You and your mom are also very different. We're very different. My mom and I don't share a lot of common interests, but we're still pretty similar people. You and your mom, however. Me and my mom have very little in common, but my mom already has tattoos. Yes. Yeah. So, do you know, I think I could just be like, hey, mom, want to just get matching tattoos? And she'd be like, well, what do you want? And then I could talk her into getting something. Yeah. I don't know what it would be. And I'd want it to be funny. Sure. But I'd want her to not know it was funny. Yeah. Like uh, an FBGM. Okay. Tattoo. And, she, and she'd be like, what? And I'd be like, Facebook. Uh, Gmail. Gmail. And she'd be like, <laughs> well, that's weird. And then we all know. And that would just be funny for me. Um, which means I just pulled a permanent prank on my mom that yeah. she would inevitably find out about. <laughs> Which would be very mean and toxic, um, but that's kind of my mo. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. I think it'd be cool, Craig. Yeah, what's up? We recently talked about mine. I'm a big fan of Would You Rather's. I think I can create them up there with the best of them. Okay. Yes. And we talked about two Would You Rather's. Yeah. That independently don't mean many. Don't mean almost anything. In the terms t- of their connectivity. Yeah. They just the answer. Is just interesting. Yeah. But together, there's a vibe check. Yes. One that almost everyone that you have asked has not passed your specific but here's vibe the thing. Check. Here's what I've noticed. Everyone over the age of 24 sides with me. Everyone under the age of 24 sides with you. Okay. Which means it's a maturity thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've realized. Don't freaking shoot me. The insurance companies agree. It's just, okay, so audience, here's the problem, because I'm about to tell you, because I'm an open and secure man of myself, that I know that most of you are going to think I'm wrong, but let me tell you why I'm right. Okay, first of all, we should tell them the questions. But here's the thing, the majority of our listeners are your friends under the age of 24, (laughs) so know this, friends under the age of 24, if you think this... It's because you're under 24. Okay, so l- let me frame I'm gonna, the... I'm no, going to do it. No, I'm Al- going to do it. I'm Alex, do it. you are too defensive and no, you're I'm gonna, a drink I created and a half it. I'm, I'm the creator. I copyrighted this. <laughs> okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you could never wipe with wipes or toilet paper again, and instead you had to either use your hand or go and pick leaves yourself, you can store them in your house, put them in a Ziploc container, whatever... But every, anytime you want to wipe with anything, it has to be a leaf that you picked. You can't hire anybody or anything like that. How much money would you have to be paid to do that for the rest of your life? 
So lump sum, I'm going to write you a check right now. And this is just going to be a condition you have to deal with until you die. You can't wipe your butt. You can't wipe period with anything other than leaves you have picked. And then think of that number. I'll give you a second, a lump sum check. What is that number? Okay. You have that number. Remember it. Now, the second question, you're going to die. We all are going to die. And we all don't know when that's going to happen. And we all don't know how that's going to happen. But how much would I have to pay you, lump sum, writing a check right now, to guarantee that you are going to die burning alive in a house fire? Now, the one condition that we did put on this is we guaranteed you another 15 years. Yeah, you will not die in the next 15 years. So if you're going to die in a car accident tomorrow, luckily for you, we've we've extended it. We've extended it. So whenever you were going to die, whether that be cancer in your 70s or, um, you know, a car accident in your 50s, whenever that you were going to die, that's not going to change. But I can say, but on the day that you were going to die, you are now going to die in a house fire. Now, we don't know when that when you're going to die. So if you're in a house fire, this might be the one you survive. Yeah, (laughs) you might you might live. But it also might affect other people might affect other people. But I'm saying. That whenever you are going to die, you will die from burning alive in a house fire. How much money would I have to pay you right now, lump sum, check, to guarantee that for you? Now that you have both of those numbers, think which one of those... Compare the two numbers and think which one is higher. The leaf butt number or the fire death number. And if your leaf butt number is higher... You are correct. There's a You're gold on medal. Side. <laughs> and now if your burning alive number is higher than what it would take for you to wipe your butt with leaves the rest of your life, then you're on my side. The older adult side. Because here's the okay, I don't wanna I don't wanna dwell on this topic for too long because I don't this is a this is a lighthearted like, podcast and I don't want us to talk about burning alive for very I'm long. I'm a big fan of burning alive. <laughs> but uh uh, the thing is, the the thing that everybody that I talk to about this, like the the thing that we came to, is like we well we're already going to die on this date, so we don't need that much money to just change the cause of death. Craig, I have a question for you. What's up? Are you a fan of torture? How do you feel about cruel and unusual punishment? I mean, that question can go many different. Because let me tell you, if you're gonna get tortured, right? Yeah. And you know, okay, I'm trying to get information from you. I want to know every member of your family because you know I'm going to kill them. You know at the end, I'm going to kill you. Yeah. You know I'm going to kill you. So do you just tell me and get it over with and I kill you? Or do you ride it out and see if I'll kill you and you can hold on to a couple of those names? I don't know. (laughs) Now let me tell you. Just because you're going to die anyway doesn't make it any better. It doesn't help. It doesn't change the scenario at all. Okay, but if I'm burning alive and I'm like, wow, at least I got $1.5 million out of this. <laughs> Let me tell you right now. When you're burning alive, you're just going to be thinking, ah, ah. that's what you're going to be thinking. You're not going to be thinking anything else. You're going to be thinking, I wish I would die faster. That's what you're going to be thinking. And it's going to suck. And I hope the number audience that you picked was worth it. Yeah, I guess so. Man, I don't really like... I'm a big fan of these. Would you rather use screws for the rest of your life or nails? I mean, I'm not much of a carpenter, so I feel like um, I'm not really... It wouldn't affect my life. I think screws would be better. Dude, I feel like people... We should be 
fully in screws right now. Yeah. The fact that anyone is using nails blows my mind. Like, here's the thing. If you need a nail, use a screw. If Dude, a screw isn't we- isn't strong enough, use a bolt. That's it. I think the pe- there's two reasons to use nails. And this is all I got. Use a nail for when you're working on roofs or roofs if you're weird. <laughs> or roofs if you're super weird. <laughs> like cause nail- you have a nail gun and you're just, you know, yeah. b- nailing shingles. And the other time you can use nails, I almost made a Jesus joke. So let's just say stick with the first one. <laughs> um, if you're anything other than that, just use screws, bro. What else needs nails? So if you're I, hanging something like a picture frame, you can use screws. Yeah. Or thumbtacks or. Bro, what are we doing with nails, bro? That's Dude, that's literally biblical stuff. Or command strips or. What are we doing? Screws, man. So I have been them. in. I've I've participated in a lot of. Uh, set building for theater mm-hmm. and well, participated is a strong word. I was mostly around and uh, got people things because uh, that was the extent of my helpfulness. Right. And I, yeah, it's just like anytime they use, they were trying to use a nail. They just, well, <sighs> nails are easier to be long from what I've noticed. Like you don't come across like, you know, foot long screws right but also if you're using foot long nail who are bolt. you you're working on the railroad bro <laughs> uh i have so i have so many memories of working in tandem with people to build a set like the most work that i do when i'm set building is when it comes to painting if if something needs to be painted or moved those are the two things i'm good at when it comes to measuring cutting designing placing i'm like get someone smarter than me to do that i know my lane and this one is not it set building is straight up not fun for me bro it's not it's not fun i don't find it interesting i respect it and i recognize it has to be done i don't want to have anything to do with it yeah and and in high school and in college it's just like the dads who have building experience just all come together and like make it work and i'm just like i'm not gonna be that dad i don't know what kind of dad i don't know where in the social pariah i'm going to fit in terms of my dadness i can tell you right now i'm not the carpenter dad here's the thing i i'm a huge fan of carpenter dads who are like you see that dinner table i made that you see that bookshelf i made that I'm not going to feel pride in a set that after two weekends gets destroyed. Yeah. It's like we built this like it's not decorated. We put black paint on it. It's not. It's purposely not done well because you can't spend a whole lot of time on it because it needs to be done by a certain time. Also, it's going to get destroyed. So why spend the time on the Yeah, And like most sets are like they're designed with more safety in mind than anything else. Yeah. Don't break when people stand on it. Um. So I th- I just I don't click with it. I'm also not gonna be a coach dad. Uh, oh, I'm 100 gonna be a coach dad. There's absolutely no way. Um, in Superman and Lois, uh, Clark becomes the high school assistant football coach, and I'm like, I could never. I don't. I can't even pretend to know if, to know enough about any sport or care enough about strangers' children. 
yeah. to put that much work in. If I were to become a sports dad, it'd have to be in a sport with very low stakes. Um, and I, it wouldn't be the uh, the jock kids. Oh, so not at all. football, basketball, baseball, hockey, wrestling, all out. I'm not doing any of those. I'm oh, doing so that leaves tennis and swimming. Your boys coaching cross country. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. cross country, and I'm gonna do it nonstop, bro. I'm gonna be the best because every cross country coach I know, super cool, bro. They're all super cool. Or I'll do women's sports. Okay, there's less testosterone involved, and anytime there's less testosterone. People have more fun. Yeah. There's just more fun. I'm not worried about some dad showing up and punching me in the parking lot because <laughs> I was coaching their son wrong. Because if I'm coaching their daughter wrong, is the dad even going to... Sometimes might not even show up, bro. If it's not an important game, sometimes might not even show up. And let me tell you, the moms aren't going to beat me up. They're just going to yell at you. And I'll get yelled at. I'm going to make bad calls, bro. But I'm not trying to die. I'm not trying to get death threats, bro. Nothing is less intimidating than a mom yelling at yelling at another adult. It I wouldn't say it's less intimidating. It feels moms have this innate ability to make anyone they're yelling at feel like their kid. Yeah. And it does not feel good. And all and depending on your mindset, it does not work. Yeah. Sometimes you're like, <clears throat> why are you yelling at me? I'm not your kid. And sometimes you're like saying no one's yelled at, ever yelled at me like this since my mom. Yeah. And so working in a customer service field, you will have many moms yell at you like they are your mom. And once somebody comes up to me with that attitude, I'm like, nothing they're going to say. Like, this is not for me. This is for them. Yeah. It always hurts when it's happening. And then afterwards, who cares? I get, I get real mean thoughts, bro. I'm like, first of all, you want to take this outside, bro? This yeah, no, that's, when, that's when I just go in the closet and just like immediately start texting everyone. Like, like, yeah, let me get some people on my side. So I feel better about myself. Yeah. Um, what's the demo? What's the freaking ratio of crazy moms to dangerous husbands? Um, they are opposites. I, I feel like you don't get a crazy mom and a dangerous dad in the same couple. You get one or the other. So if There's I get yelled at from a mom reel someone else back. and we exchange threats, yeah. I don't have to worry about. A guy showing up in my workplace with a weapon. Correct. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. Which means now you and Macy need to decide soon who's, who's dangerous and who. who's crazy. <laughs> yeah. So this this doubles down on my coaching female sports because I'll do. Uh, I'm really suffering from a lack of knowing anything about sports. It's not that I don't know enough. It's that I'm bad at them. So there's details about baseball that I just don't understand. So say there's a pop fly goes outfield, right? And someone's going to second, but you can definitely hit, hit the guy running to first base. Do you just go to first base because it's closer or do you go to second because he's farther away from home? I don't know these details, bro, but if I'm going to be a coach, I'm going to need to know. So do I just do research? I also think that you are putting a lot of stock into the, into these sports that other people do not. Maybe do I just coach middle school sports? Yeah, definitely. middle schools where it's at. I'm just gonna stay away from high school because no one's people... scholarships are riding on middle school sports. Sweet, and I feel like I could. You know what? I think I could do middle school across the board. Boys, girls, co-ed. I think I could do it all. And I think cross country as it's just the stakes don't get lower than middle school cross country. Yeah, because because here's the thing: 
in elementary school, the stakes are high enough because kids are figuring out what they like. Right. And it's kind of important to like nurture an environment to make sure that they have the room to explore if they like it. In high school, they've already decided. In middle school, that's nothing. It's nothing. And now I'm going to stay away from football because there's still going to be kids who are like, I want to become a professional football player. I want to become a professional soccer player. If I'm coaching cross country, bro, none of those guys are there because they have Olympic dreams. They are there because their mom made them choose a sport. They're like, you have to do one sport and you have to pick an instrument. And they're like, all right, well, I'm doing cross country, mom. She's like, I guess that counts. (laughs) And I'm going to be that guy. And also, that means we get to have pasta nights, bro. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which I'm not, I'm pretty sure that's been debunked, but I'm still doing it. Dude, because at this point, it's not about the pasta, it's about the camaraderie. Yes, man. Also, (laughs) I get to be responsible. I'm the wingman to these people. Yeah. Because there's boys and girls. That doesn't happen very much, very often. I'm like, hey, uh, I almost, my example kids' names were Mary and Joseph. Hey, Steve and Katie, go run a three mile. Make sure you stick together, though. You're going to be pacing each other. And I know they're going to have their okay, first hold on, kiss. Hold on. Okay, so here's the thing about cross country is there's absolutely no structure to cross country practice. There's none. It's so Because my brother run. was in cross country for all of high school, and he would tell me that like yeah zach and i would just run downtown do a lap around downtown and then come back and then me being the kind of person who puts as little work into almost everything as possible would be like why would you just not just run the corner and then hang out for a while <laughs> who's gonna know carry a watch know what they're expecting you come back a little later and be like i'm gonna have to do better next time i didn't run very fast I'm gonna go make I it. was on the swim team my freshman year of high school, and I tried to do as little as possible while the coaches were watching me. <laughs> oh, man, dude. I, I am so glad that I learned early on that sports were not my thing. That would have been a long and treacherous journey. Sports are just fun for me. Sports, I've lost my competitive edge, and now I just want to have fun. I am so bad at baseball. Yeah. It's comical how bad at baseball I am. Straight up, I'm afraid of the ball. I'm not not scared of the ball. I can't hit it, bro. No. No matter, doesn't matter the speed, by the way. The only speed that I can hit it at 100% of the time is zero speed if it's on a tee ball. If it's going any faster than that, 50-50 shot. If it's going faster than 10, it's less than 50-50. The only time I was comfortable playing baseball was when I was playing wiffle ball in my grandpa's backyard. I don't think I can hit Because everything was plastic. I can't hit a ball, period. Sure, can't do definitely. It. I was playing with middle schoolers. Yeah. And they were striking me out left and right, bro. Um, I couldn't hit it to save my life. I, was, I, I did t-ball when I was like four or five years old, and... That entire season, I think I hit the ball off of the pitching machine twice. And both times, I hated it because the bat is metal, duh. And the vibrations that it sent through my hands made me so uncomfortable. I just like, I was not happy with the sensation of hitting the baseball. And when I was out in the field, I wasn't going to try to catch the ball because you know what happens when you try to catch the ball and you miss? 
you get hit with the ball. See, your stories are all anecdotal from 15 years ago. My story was from about five months ago. Sure, sure. Oh, yes. Me as an adult playing with middle schoolers, not being able to hit their pitches. I am bad at some sports. Football, I'm great at. But however, I'm not trying to give my kids freaking brain damage. Yeah. And I've just come, I've come to the conclusion that I'm glad other parents will send their kids to slaughter. (laughs) <laughs> and I can watch it for entertainment because it is so entertaining. What did your elementary school do in terms of like, we had like very weird football rules for recess because obviously our teachers didn't want us like tackling each other. We did two hand touch, so, which basically means push really hard, AKA tackle. Yeah. We tried to do two hand touch. Then they tried to make us do one hand touch then they tried to make us do flag football. Flag football is pretty dope. Yes. The only problem with flag football is sometimes you don't know when your flag has been taken. Until yeah, but you... then it's it, there's evidence that's been taken. Yeah. One hand touch is the biggest BS because there's no proof and you barely feel one hand. Two yeah. hand touch, it hurts. Yeah. <laughs> At what age did you um, think girls had cooties? Okay, what a pivot. Um, I think... It's not that far of a pivot. We're talking about two-hand touch. <laughs> um, I don't think I ever really did. There were some times where I like played into the bit of it, but um, I don't think I ever bought into it as an actual concept. Probably closest like when I was in kindergarten, so like four or five. I have never thought girls had cooties. Yeah. It has never existed. So when guys are like, we can't let the girls play, I'm like, Bro, Why not? I'll go. I'll go play with the girls then. Yeah. Bro. More. More to my. I was they have more up. interesting conversations. I. There are stories that go around my family of me, a four-year-old, hitting on babysitters. <laughs> some of which were related to me. It uh, didn't matter, bro. I was the kind of person that when we, when like my parents would have their friends over. I would always go talk with the moms rather than go talk with the dads yeah. because the dads always have more boring conversations Dude. like this one. That's been 40 minutes about us t- being bad at sports. Dude, the thing about dads is half of the conversations of names I've memorized. I don't know who any of these people are, bro. Yeah. I don't know who any person you just named are. And then moms talk about neighbors yeah. and friends. And I'm like, I know who all these people are. And I just bought into it, bro. Also, moms were nice, and they made me food, and they told me I was cute, and yeah. they let me hug them. Moms will like, ask you questions. Just so nurturing, yeah. Moms will ask you questions to try to get you into the conversation. Dads will ask you questions to get a rise out of you. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the crazy, you know, another annoying thing about dads is they'll ask you about someone else's kid. Yeah. Be like, have you seen the baker kid at school? What's he like? I'm like. I talked to him like twice. I don't do you, know. Have, do you work parents, with his dad? Uh, did your parents ever try to describe someone as someone from school's mom, but you don't know that person from school? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, so we go to the same school. We're in three different, we're in three grades apart. Yeah. I've never met them before. Um, And you just happen to work with one of their parents. Okay. I have no idea who this kid is. So <laughs> I had, oh my gosh, this is. Uh, so I have like a second cousin that I went to school with. Um, and I think I knew that we were related before she knew that we were related Mm -hmm. because her mom used to cut my hair. And, uh, I hope this is a Luke and Leia situation. That would be amazing. No, 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 no. (laughs) 
But there was a time when we were like on the bus and I told her like, yeah, we're cousins. And she looked at me, gave me the most distinct stink eye a seventh grader can give another seventh grader and like shook me, like shook her head and like brushed me off. Like she was embarrassed that I was talking to her to begin with and then to be like, no, you can't escape me. We're related. (laughs) She was, it is the... Probably the most uncomfortable I've ever made a single person ever. Dude, speaking about making people uncomfortable, I'm just... I'm what thinking- a great segue, by the way. <laughs> Let's talk about all the times we've made people uncomfortable. I make our audience uncomfortable. Probably. You make me uncomfortable. <laughs> I love it. So we've been out of school for a while. Yeah. You longer than I. There's a pretty good chance more than half of our teachers don't remember us. Yeah, for sure. If we are not friends with them on Facebook, I assume they don't remember me. Do you approach them on the street? On the street? No. No way. In a store. I, when I say in the street, I mean yeah, out in the wild. Yeah, I know wild. what you mean, but no. Not at all. If So what I will do, because I, again, I work a customer service job, I have run into my professors before that I am currently in their class taking right? <laughs> and I'll talk to them a little bit or like I, I ran into a professor that I had like right before the pandemic started and he recognized me like even with my mask on and that was like genuine. I was uh, impressed by that. Um, and so I was like, yeah, I was in your class like right before the pandemic started. So like I'll chat with them if, if, if we recognize each other, sure, mm-hmm. definitely. But if it's very obvious that I would have to be the one to take the risk of, do you remember me? No way. Not at all. No, thanks. Yeah. Second question. If it's a person that you're not currently in their class, do you call them by their first name? Yes. Yes. I can't do it, bro. I can't. You're saying you're not going to be like, hey, Gail, how's it going? I've been out of school for so long. It's and uh, yeah, yeah. Some of you have been out of school longer. I can't do it. I'm still a kid. These people, I was, I took their class nine years ago. I can't call you by your first name. And why is that a problem? We're not friends. We don't talk. Can we just be cool with you calling me Alex and I call you Mrs. or Mr. Whatever? Yeah. Like, why do I have? Why is it so uncomfortable for you that we? Because we're not going to be friends, right? Sure. So why? Why can't I? What's wild is I once played cards with a fifth grade teacher while I was in seventh grade or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this feels too close together. Right. It, but it was also at someone's house. That is weird. So I was at a, like a like a mutual friend's house. And that fifth grade teacher was there. I was like 13. And we were playing cards together. And I'm like, so... Mrs. Hunter, Madison, neither of these feel right. Okay. So let's just say the name Mrs. Hunter, right? Yeah. Here's, it's, if someone calls me Mr. Good, right? It's weird because not very many people call me that. Sure. Mrs. Hunter gets called Mrs. Hunter every day at school. Yeah. So it shouldn't be weird if an adult who had them, who she had as a student, calls them by the name they hear every day yeah however i've been explicitly told you don't have to call me that anymore i'm like here's the thing do you want to be friends and if so (laughs) why are you being nice to me right now or do you want to establish a relationship because 
I'm uncomfortable because I don't know if I'm capable of having friends with a certifiable adult. Yeah. Because I can be friends with parents who I meet as parents. But I've known you were in charge of me for an extended <laughs> period of time. You've seen a side of me that my parents haven't seen. I've accidentally called you mom. Yeah. I mean, I've misbehaved. You've written me detentions. I've I've had to show up to essentially your place on time or punishable. I've made friends in your class. You've known who I was dating. Yeah. Because we were holding hands. Like, this is weird. You know way more about me than I know about you. (laughs) So, unless you can give me your bio, (laughs) we can't, I can't call you by your first name. Uh, That teacher relationship is so wild. It's it's weird when you only have a teacher for one year. Like, we had our choir teacher, I had our choir teacher for seven years for six or seven years right and then i and then i had her husband as a teacher for two more years after that so i know how scared the the second you brought this up i'm like if they listen to this podcast we're freaking dead yes absolutely (laughs) but like i'm in i'm i was almost integrated into the family at that point right and i feel like a lot of choir theater band teachers kind of have that same vibe with their kids it's just like I'm the only one of you that you have. Right. Um, so we're going to be around each other for four to seven years. We're going to get to know each other. Yeah. So I, I, if listen, after yeah. it's all done, yeah. you call me Steven, that makes sense. Yeah. It's just for me. I'm just like, I, there's a respect level. I respect you too much to call you by your first name. Cause if we're friends, here's the thing with friends, I'm going to talk about things that might be uncomfortable for you. Yeah. Like I'm going to talk about the teachers, AKA your coworkers that I had an issue with. And then you're going to tell me what you thought of me as a student. And by the way, I can't handle that, bro. Okay. But the good thing is from what I understand, most teachers have the same opinion of other teachers as students. So if you get along with a teacher, chances are you share the same opinion about a teacher. That's too big of a gamble. I am one of the biggest hot takes in most of my classes I was in. Dude, I've I haven't been in school since 2015. Sure. And that was the tail end of it. Yeah. I half my teachers loved me, half my teachers hated me. Yeah. And it's been that way for all of high school. Middle school more people liked me. Elementary school, everybody liked me. Yeah, of course. But for some reason, I started playing fast and loose when it started to matter. Okay? <laughs> Which I would not recommend. Um, in that out-of-school relationship, I if I re- first of all, I'm, I'm convinced that the people who didn't like me don't remember me. Sure. And the people that like me remember me. And that's just... I don't want to know why they liked me. I don't want to... I don't want to know. Because it's going to ruin the mystique of school and high school and what it meant if they find out if they told me that they liked me because i got good grades i'd be like i thought you liked me because i was was, funny because i was funny or i thought we had a connection i was i was cool and i i've i don't know and if they told me they liked me because i was cool i'd be like i was the best in your class and you just thought my jokes were funny i was (laughs) i got straight a's for the entire semester and you don't remember that like i didn't set some kind of record so no matter what I'm going to be disappointed. I love some of these teachers to death. I respect them. I know I can't handle whatever they're thinking. (laughs) 
Um, I want to pivot a little bit. Uh, can it. we all agree that all elementary school teachers are just caricatures of people? Dude, I remember a middle school teacher opening up one day. It was the end of eighth grade. And they're like, do it's super frustrating about middle, being a middle school teacher? And obviously the class is like, tell us. <laughs> like, <laughs> whatever. Um, they're like, everyone remembers their high school teacher because it's the most recent. And everyone remembers their elementary school teacher. But no one cares about the middle school teacher because we're in between. And I'm like... No. You sound so insecure right now. <laughs> I remember many of my middle school teachers. I'm like, of course we remember you. And the reason we don't visit is because this is when you guys started getting mean. Because <laughs> in middle school, no one cares. I mean, in elementary school, nobody cares. Yeah. They're not trying to prepare you for anything. They're trying to teach you how to read. So all of my elementary school teachers were all like, um, uh, they all felt like... um. A diverse cast member on a sitcom or whatever. Yeah, man. So, like, so I have one, like, my first grade teacher would be, like, she was, like, the fresh out of college one. Mm -hmm. And then my second grade teacher was, she acted like we were still in, like, an, like an 1890s schoolhouse where she wore denim dresses down to her knees with a little apple embroidered on her chest. You get, right. you know the vision. Mm-hmm. My third grade teacher was the weird old man that let us look inside his mouth to see his dead tooth from smoking cigarettes. Oh my, Our, my fourth grade teacher was the MILF that was mean to me. And then my fifth grade teacher was the cool one. Like they're, like they're all cast members of a sitcom. And then you get to middle school. It's like, oh, these are just normal people now. The, it, my beef with middle schoolers is that's when it starts. When the, we're just trying to prepare you for blank. Oh my God. We're going to prepare you, know you for high school. And then in high school, you're like, we're trying to prepare you for college. But it starts in middle school. But they never prepare you. They they always say that, but they never do. Yeah. Like, you think in high school, they're going to let you get away with this? I'm like, yes. Bro, I don't know. <laughs> but I'm a, you're not in high school. <laughs> yeah. So I'm supposed to take your word for it? Uh, yeah. I remember being told. That colleges start caring about your GPA as early as seventh grade. I yeah. learned real quick that's not true. Turns out they don't care till right before you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you need to start caring junior year. So that's just like people in middle, th there's no credibility in middle school. As long as they teach you like the water cycle and how to dissect a sentence, you're good. Dude, it's disgusting. And I know we spend half this time talking about wiping your butt with leaves and the other half talking about what it feels like to be in school and we're just old men reminiscing. I'm was there a second half to that sentence? Yes, there was, <laughs> but I lost all the steam because our I, I remember that our listeners, half of them are still in high school and the other half are our parents. Yeah. So when I say I'm old, their half of our audience is like, Yes, you are. You're not old. You're irrelevant. <laughs> and then the other half is like, if you're old, what am I? And yeah. <laughs> so you want to just tell me what else you've been watching? I'm going hard in freaking Blacklist, bro. Yeah. I've, I've reached the point where I have watched over 60 episodes. No, I think, yeah, over 60 That's episodes. That's wild. And... No matter how bad it gets, I'm invested in the characters. Sure. Which sucks. Okay, it sucks on, so quick. bad. Just for the audience's sake, the last time we checked in with you vis-a-vis -vis the Blacklist, you were raving about it. This was Alex's number one show. 
And so now we've kind of circled back around to the show is stupid, but I'm invested. Yeah, this is like the girlfriend that you know prom's coming up. Sure. I already bought a ticket. We have matching tux and dress. We can't break up. I have money invested and I'm broke. (laughs) Our parents know each other. I've been over their house. They've been over to my house. I have to make it to prom. Yeah. After prom, whatever. Well, unfortunately for you, prom is still four seasons away. (laughs) I know, man. We bought the tickets in February. So now I'm stuck with this girl because I don't want to... Oh, I'm going to think about what could have been, you know, what other shows could I have been watching during this time? Or do I stick with this girl who, by the way, is sweet. She's nice. Just a little boring. And every once in a while, you know, talks a little too long. I'm just like, I zone out while she's talking. She notices and yells at me. But nine times out of 10, she's cool. And we just get to be ourselves. And I'm just thinking, is that worth making it to prom? Or should I just be like, listen, I'm not, I'm not in it, you know, yeah. I'm not focused, but I don't want to, because w- it's not me, it's you. <laughs> <laughs> especially in the, especially when it comes to a TV show, it's not my fault you're not good anymore. So that's where I'm in. I'm just invested, man. And yeah. it's not bad. It's just, it, season three was so good. Season four, I'm just like, what are we doing? Um... I watched... Oh, I'm also in the morning show. Yeah? Which turns out still slaps. Good. And it's good, good, bro. Yeah. I reckon... That's my number one wreck. Right, it's right next to you and Breaking Bad. It's... If you have to watch three shows, make sure morning show is in that list. Please do it. It's 100% worth For it. For sure. There's a freaking one-month free trial of Apple, uh, Apple Plus, Apple TV Plus. There's only two seasons. Freaking binge it is 100% worth your time. Yeah, definitely. Um, I watched... Do you remember a few months ago when I talked about The Mole? Sure did. Um, I just finished season two of The Mole. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if... I, I think I what they did is they added more people, which means the season... Season one, I think, was nine episodes. This one was 14. Um, so they added five more people. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Everybody takes the show way too personally. Oh, I hate it when that happens. So the mole, just a quick breakdown is um, everybody is competing in challenges. And every time they complete a challenge, money goes into a pot. And whoever is left at the end of the game wins the entire pot. But there is one person, the mole, who was hired by the network to sabotage the games along the way. And the way you get eliminated by the from the game is you take a quiz at the end of each episode to see who you think the mole is, and whoever is the most wrong gets eliminated. So, so how does the quiz work if whoever's the most wrong? Um, it, it's like a ten question quiz, and whoever gets the most wrong is the one that's eliminated. And if there's a tie, it's whoever answers the slowest. It's a multiple choice quiz. So for who you think the mole is, is a multiple choice quiz? Yeah. So they'll give you questions of like, what team was the mole on for this challenge? Oh, gotcha. And what did the mole have for breakfast today? What seat did the mole sit in? Gotcha. And stuff like that. Um, Gotcha, gotcha. And so (laughs) season one, 
people didn't like obviously they were still kind of figuring out the show mm-hmm. and by the end of the season they like they got it yeah. But th- th- as soon as the season starts, everyone's got like their like Sherlock hat on, like micro analyzing everybody's actions. Like, oh no, Dorothy fell off the bike because the bike was too tall for her. Do you think she's the mole? And I'm yeah. like, no, guys, I think she just fell off the bike. <laughs> the, so my issue with getting involved in a reality show like that, it's not still coming out, right? Nope. That's a problem for me. Because it's going to end. Yeah. I, I'm in Survivor. There's 41 seasons, Yeah. Bro. Yeah. And they're still coming out, which means I can... St- this is... I'm watching game tape, bro. So I'm going to be fully studied up for when I audition <laughs> yeah. and get in. But I know exactly what you're talking about. Like the first couple seasons, people are like, so are we supposed to form alliances? And we're like, yeah, bro. <laughs> you're voting someone out. You think it might help to have people on your side? <laughs> Um, but my favorite thing, so I love the mole because it. I love murder mysteries. Like Murder on the Orient Express is a very good movie. I mm-hmm. love that style of movie. And the mole is just a TV show that's that. So, and as a viewer, do you know who the mole no. is? Oh, that's too much. <laughs> I, this season. I didn't even try to figure out who the mole is. Everyone's like throwing out their suggestions, and the entire time I'm like, "You could be right. I don't know." <laughs> yeah. Um, but my the best thing about it is it's hosted by Anderson Cooper, mm-hmm. and Anderson Cooper is a fantastic game show host. Specifically for that show, he's the perfect amount of dry yet witty, where he'll be like, uh, because you did not complete the challenge, you are not adding $50,000 to the pot. Right. Now, if you would like to follow me, I'm going to push you in this river. <laughs> <laughs> Do oh, dude, that's freaking sweet. Um, and also, uh, Bug and I spent the weekend together. You'll hear more about it in Small and Tall. But we just like the entire time we were together, we just had movies on in the background that we weren't mm-hmm. really actively watching. And so we, I watched like Percy Jackson and the Lightning Thief, Oof. and uh, Shrek the Third, not the other Shreks, just Shrek the Third. <laughs> some episodes of Supernatural. And it's just like, it, it's nice to just sometimes have stuff on in the background that you don't care about. <laughs> I, I just get attached to movies too easily. Hey, Shrek the Third, not a good one. <laughs> Who would have guessed? Um, but yeah, that's pretty much everything on, on my side. Sweet, man. Um, Next week, we are starting a new month, which means it's a new theme. This one... This one's a weird theme. I, I, we're going back to two movies a week, which I just realized as I said it out loud. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's uh, twin movies. And if you don't know what a twin movie is, a twin movie is when two separate studios release a movie that is very similar in premise at almost the exact same time. And usually this stuff happens because like, a writer will pitch it to a studio. The studio will reject it, but then secretly write their own Be script. Be like, oh, that was a pretty good idea. <laughs> we just didn't want to buy it. Um, <laughs> and so you just end up getting these like weird amalgamations of almost the same movie. So we're going to be dissecting a bunch of these together. Uh, the first one that we're going to be doing uh, is, uh, what is it? It's uh, A Bug's Life and Ants. 
Yes. And I don't think I've seen either of those movies since I was in single digit age. And mm. those movies scared me as a kid. <laughs> they are so good. So they are so good. I'm excited to go back. It, which one of a Bug's Life is the Pixar one? Yeah. And then Ants is DreamWorks. Yes. Yeah. So I'm excited, dude. Ants is gonna. I think Ants is gonna scare me just straight up. <laughs> I remember seeing Bugs Life, and there's a couple of scenes where like, oh, that's kind of crazy. And Ants, there's like politics going on, <laughs> and there's like legit. Also, enemies. correct me if I'm wrong. Kevin Spacey is the antagonist for Ants. I'm just now because here's the thing: you watch old, you're watching movies when you're a kid. They're casting superstars, and you have no idea who For any of these parents. people are. So now I'm thinking, like, does that voice sound familiar? Yeah, it probably is Kevin Spacey. I'm so excited to talk about these movies. Yeah, me too. I remember them so fondly. Haven't seen them in 15 years, and it's it's going to be amazing. All right. Well, thank you very much for this very casual episode of Permanent Good. My name is Craig Wells, a.k.a. Permanent Handle. And I'm Alex Good, a.k.a. Alex Good. Have fun, be safe, and make good choices. And while you're at it, tell your mama said hi. See you next week. Deuces.